This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. House call for Isom. To college. Connor Stallions. Like, bro, get a life. To the pros. Show us you're not fraudulent. That's all I ask for. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. First down and goal at the six-yard line. Blake Carr. Touchdown. Great. Coach Harbaugh. You guys have now won three straight Big Ten championships. How does it feel? Bet! I got one question for you, Michigan Nation. Who's got it better than us? Congratulations, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. And around, and a reverse. Here comes Jamison Williams. Explodes to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit. Superman dive for number nine. That's a great there, buddy, in this room. I'm so proud of all of you guys. Was it perfect? No, but God dang, man. That's not easy coming this place to win. That's outstanding, man. That right there is incredible work, John. Absolutely incredible work from John Vicari putting the introduction together. To be honest, I don't know what's more impressive. Putting together this introduction or... Or the tour the Lions fans keep going on. Uh, The sellout stadium tour, basically, for the, the Lions fans. That last clip that you played. That was the Detroit Lions fans in New Orleans. The takeover tour. Either way, uh, the takeover tour, John's intro, both more impressive than what the Lions did yesterday. I'll tell you that, John. It was a game. uh, But to be honest, while the Lions saved their season, I I didn't really learn anything. At this point, it feels like we know exactly what this team is. We asked the Lions to go prove that they're not fraudulent. And... They somewhat failed to do that. Yes, I understand they won. Yes, I understand that wins aren't hard to come by or aren't easy to come by in the NFL. But we know exactly who they are. We have a big enough sample size to see it now. And I don't mean to to stomp and rain on anyone's parade, but let's just acknowledge who the Lions are. The Lions are a team capable of scoring in bunches, both methodically and with speed. The offense is flooded with talent and young stars. The quarterback is beyond serviceable, but occasionally will turn the ball over and doesn't really bring anything dynamic to the offense. The offense has embraced an aggressive identity under Dan Campbell and offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, who's most certainly on his way out the door this offseason. The defense, ran by Aaron Glenn, is atrocious and incapable of stopping literally anyone, including the corpse of Derek Carr, and Taysom Hill. 
Derek Carr didn't even have an incomplete pass in the second half before he got injured and had to come out of the game. The Lions are the second worst team when it comes to opponent red zone percentage, which was all but apparent yesterday when the Saints, who entered the game 29th in red zone efficiency, went 5-for-5 in the red zone. The Lions sure do know how to come out of the gate early, though. But they fail every week to put together four great quarters of football. They become stagnant. They become conservative out of halftime. Which is why they rank 22nd in the NFL in points in the third quarter, averaging just 3.8. Hutchinson remains a ghost most weeks. He's easy to scheme out of games because no one else on the defensive line can win one-on-one matchups. And he has not yet become an elite edge rusher. The secondary is complete and utter garbage across the board. Chris Olave clearly doesn't have much experience in the kitchen because he spent all of Sunday absolutely burning the food he was playing with, i.e. Jerry Jacobs. That dude got cooked. Which comes to no surprise, to be honest, because in the past three games, Jerry Jacobs has allowed 245 yards, two touchdowns with an average NFL passer rating against of 141.8. To put that into reference, Brock Purdy leads the league in NFL passer rating at only 116. Someone want to remind me why the Lions didn't, uh, didn't make any calls on the trade deadline day, try to improve that defense? Five of the past six weeks, opponent, uh, opponent quarterbacks have just ran marathons on this defense, guys. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Jordan Love even, and Derek Carr. All hung 24 on the Lions. In fact, the Lions defense has only held an opponent under 20 twice this entire year. Even the fourth worst offense in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers, somehow notched 24 points on the Lions. They've beat one opponent with with a record over 500, and that was all the way back in week one. And the team they beat looked about as uninspiring as anyone in the NFL did yesterday when they lost to the Packers. The record of the teams the Lions have beat is 45-63. and 63. I didn't learn anything from yesterday's game, guys. And if you did, feel free to chime in. Please let me know. But I think we've had a big enough sample size. Over the past two months, the Lions have shown us exactly who they are. There's no more guessing. There's no more projecting the team to get better. We know who they are. This is an offense that is great. This is a defense that is well below average. So below average that Aaron Glenn won every three games. One of every three games he has been defensive coordinator. The Lions have allowed 30 points. But if they fit the culture, they fit the team. They're not equipped to go on a long playoff run this year, guys. They don't have it. I wish I could tell you they do, but it it just feels like they don't. It feels like they're short on the defensive side of the ball. And even on offense when they disappear sometimes. I mean, you saw what the 49ers did to the Eagles yesterday. Steamrolled them. That's a juggernaut of a team. That right now the Lions feel, it feels like the Lions have a 0% chance of stopping. CMC might run for 300 total scrimmage yards. He really might if the Lions played the 49ers in the playoffs. And the Eagles, AJ Brown would line up against Jerry Jacobs and laugh. That's a pass interference call waiting to happen. The 49ers offense doesn't get cold. They don't get stagnant. They just run, sprint all over you. 
They're not only on a different level than the Lions, they're on a different planet. Guys, do you want me to be an honest radio host? Here you go. This week I learned Sam Laporta is him, capital H, capital I, capital M, maybe one of the best three tight ends in the NFL, certainly worthy of a Pro Bowl nod. I learned that JMO's future is no longer in question. That guy is wide receiver two on the Lions for the foreseeable future. But even Derek Carr and Taysom Hill could not be stopped by this Lions defense. I'm so sick and tired of watching Taysom Hill. It's just not a fun gimmick anymore. It's the most predictable thing there is in football, and the Lions still couldn't stop it. And Derek Carr, who's looked like a shell of himself this year, didn't have an incomplete pass in the second half. He had the bad start, one for five with the pick to Brian Branch. After that, murdered the Lions. And to be quite honest, if he doesn't get injured, concussion and a rib injury in the fourth quarter, I'm not 100% certain the Lions win that game. Because if everyone remembers correctly, that touchdown that they scored late was hand-gifted by a Saints fumble. The offense was nowhere to be found in the second half, guys. And I don't want to rain on everyone's parade. That's not the goal of this. But the goal is to learn something from your team every week, every Sunday. You want to get better. And the Lions haven't. I mean, it's a shame to sit here and tell everyone that. But it's true. This team has been all but the same. The offense scores in bunches, and the defense doesn't get stops ever. Ever. Derek Carr was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league coming into this game, and that's saying something because of how many awful quarterbacks start on a week-to-week basis. Yet Derek Carr had his best game against the Lions, just like every other quarterback does at this point. I'm so frustrated with, I'm happy they have the 9-3 and three record, guys. It feels unbelievable to say. But I can't sit here and tell you they're going to go on a long playoff run this year. I can't. They're short. They missed that spark. This defense, it, it can't stop teams like the Eagles and the Niners if it can't stop teams like the Panthers, if it can't stop teams like the Bears, if it can't stop teams like the Saints. The Saints went 4-4 four for four in the red zone. Last week against Atlanta, they were 0 for 5. Yet this this week, it it seemed like a breeze to find that golden zone called the end zone. I'm frustrated. That's all I'm at. That's all I'm saying. I'm frustrated with Aaron Glenn because at what point is enough enough? Two times this entire year, they've held an opponent under 20. One out of every three games this guy plays, the Lions allow 30 points. At what point is enough enough? At what point does talent trump culture? I get it. They're 9-3. and three. They're going to hopefully make the playoffs. and uh, They're going to make the playoffs. Whether or not they win this NFC North, I, I don't know if it's 100% locked up anymore, John. I mean, you look at who the Packers play, and it's a bunch of cupcakes the rest of the way. They should be favored each and every game through the last five weeks of the season, whereas the Lions... I mean, you're only holding on to a three-game lead. You got to go on the road to the Bears, a game at home you probably should have lost. Then you're hosting Denver. Who knows what that game's going to look like? Two games against Minnesota. You haven't won in Minnesota since 2017. And then that game in Dallas, I can pretty much write in as a loss. Dak Prescott's going to throw for 400 yards on the Lions. So we can talk about yesterday's game as long as we want. I've got a lot of different things to say. Sam Laporta. First and foremost, MVP. 
Nine targets, nine, re- nine receptions. Was unbelievable. This dude's ability to catch in traffic and what he does after the catch, he gets to full speed, first guy never bringing him down. It's Gronk-esque. It really is. He's too big, too pa- fast, too powerful to be brought down one-on-one. He's been unreal this year. Goff, I, you got to take that pumpkin thing out of the intro, John, because he moved around pretty well on Sunday. Showed off his mobility. Won the game while we're on the run. Third and nine. Throws it to Josh Reynolds to close the game out. The, uh, the series before that. Fourth quarter. On the run. Throws it to Monty, uh, David Montgomery, who drops the pass. He was, he was mobile. He had a good game. Jamison Williams, like I said. Dude's like lightning in a bottle. There are some good takeaways. There are some bad takeaways. But this team remains the same every single week. They have not got better since that Baltimore game. They've shown us exactly who they are on the back end of the season. I know they kept their season alive. You can't go 0-2 after Thanksgiving. Only one team has done that and made the playoffs in the last three years. So they won the game. They did. I'm not taking that away from the Lions. But I I, I can no longer sit here and tell you they're going to go on a playoff run. That hope, that expectation just feels dead at this point. The Saints rocked the line. I I know they went up 21-0 in the blink of an eye and the game felt over, and it should have been. But it wasn't because the Lions cannot close the door on teams. Because the defense can't ever get stops. They can't get to the quarterback. Jerry Jacobs is burnt toast. He gets cooked every single week by the opposing wide receivers, whoever they are. Leads the team in... uh, in defensive flags. It's just a mess. If Derek Carr can run up the score on this team, then you bet you the Niners and you, I bet you the Eagles can do it too. 989-837-6125. Where are you with this? Did yesterday's game teach you anything? Or is it still, they're going to make the playoffs, but what else are they going to do from that point forward? Because if you have to play, if you make the playoffs and you're playing the seventh seed, which very well may be a division opponent, how much confidence do we have going into that? We just watched the Green Bay beat the Lions on their home turf. The Vikings, like I said, almost impossible to win in Minnesota lately. It's been a tough stretch, guys. And I fear that 9-3 and three record is a little bit inflated. Because, again, they have one win over a team above 500. And that was all the way back in week one. 989-837-6125. Where are you with this? You still have confidence in the Lions going forward. You still have confidence they can win a playoff game. Or does it just seem like, you know what? The magic has run out. The record may be good. But I just don't see this team going far. Do you agree with me or am I nuts? Talk me off this cliff. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff Fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. I mean, John, should I call myself crazy for, for, for believing this way, for being negative about the Lions team? I, I want to be positive. I really do. But it's hard after a game like that. It is. I, it was funny. After the first seven minutes, I was like, wow, this is, uh, I think the Ben intro tomorrow, the Ben monologue is going to be uplifting. This team is back because you wanted a blowout, right? That's what you said on Friday. I just wanted a comfortable win, and that was far from comfortable. And I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's over. I'm I'm obviously still watching the game and everything, but it's like, all right, maybe I could, you know, watch a little more red zone and, and get a better feeling of around the league as well. 
and then they just couldn't put New Orleans away. And I know you said you didn't learn anything. I learned that it doesn't even have to be an elite mobile quarterback. If it's a quarterback <laughs> who can move, the Lions defense is going to have problems with it. And I, and I don't want to disparage Taysom Hill, but you said the perfect word. He's a gimmick. It's, it's a gimmicky a gimmick. offense. Yeah. You don't really believe in the fact that he could throw. He can, and probably to the same level of Derek Carr, which is pretty uh, disappointing if you're a Saints fan. But the he had no problem hitting the over, like we talked about on Friday, in terms of rushing yards and keeping the Saints in the game. And then Kamara did a good job as well, and and obviously the Saints defense sort of woke up after being uh, pretty much sleepwalking through the first seven minutes. But it's hard to feel too good about that win you still feel good it's the NFL and it was in the open you know Dan Campbell I I, I think sort of patting his team on the back with again facing adversity and again being resilient but this doesn't feel like the Chicago one did no it's a little different when you're up you come, 21-0 yeah. and, and they got <laughs> like, back into it like you, you sort of forced that adversity on yourself uh, and you got off to again as good of a start as they have in a game all year long mm-hmm. I mean they were impressive and you felt like, okay, you know, I, I forget who was on the sidelines, but saying that, oh, you know, the Lions were talking about how they were a little tired Thanksgiving just based on the scheduling and everything like that. And this was the, all right, we're going to reset game. We're fully rested, and we're just going to blow the doors off this Saints team. We're going to own the Superdome uh, by halftime. And that's what it felt like early, and then they couldn't put them away. And the Saints just kept fighting and kept fighting. And luckily, that Montgomery drop late didn't come back to bite you. And again, getting Carr out of that game, uh, I think, sort of solidified things. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you needed those <laughs> You needed those breaks. And uh, it, it's – it's I, I, maybe I wouldn't be, like, too negative and I can understand, you know, like talking off the cliff, I think maybe a bit strong. But we've talked about, since the show's launched in early October, where do the Lions sit? Because – at times, it felt like contender. They are in that tier one. And then other times and other weeks, it's felt like, man, are they even going to hold on to the North? And right now, at this current juncture, you feel, man, the Packers look impressive and you're getting hot at the right time. What's the confidence level going into a Chicago game where you struggled to beat the Bears at home? Now you have to go on the road. There's uncertainty, and you shouldn't feel that way at 9-3. and three. No. I know. That's the funny yeah. thing about this. You're 9-3. I, I, I know it's a, a, a unique, and I'm not saying it's uh, completely, uh, you know, never felt before, but it's been a while since Alliance team has gotten off to this kind of a start through a 12-game season. And I understand to a certain extent people saying that there should be more of a positive spin. They are 9-3. and three. Just go, go to next week. But you should feel a lot better about your team than you probably do right now with a nine and three record. Like they just don't feel nine and three to me. I, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's just based on feeling and whatever, but they don't feel like the nine and three lions. And again, it's recency bias. Yes. You know, but, but is it though? It's been five weeks of, this. I know it's been six weeks of this. I mean, six weeks ago, marked the Ravens game. And I think that game kind of put a dent in this team that they never really could recover from. And I get it. They're stacking up the wins, which is great. You're hopefully going to win a, a make the playoffs and host a playoff game in Ford field. But that, that goal just a few weeks ago, that seemed like that was 100% happening. I mean, the NFC North seem all but locked up, but you look at the Packers schedule and it's a bunch of jokes, a bunch of cupcakes and the Lions They're going to have to fight, man. The lions are really going to have to earn this home playoff game. This isn't a given anymore. It's funny. It's really funny how things work in the NFL. It can change really fast. And 
it does feel like the Lions hype train got off to this booming start when you beat Kansas City, and then it kept picking up steam, and now we're just slowly working our way back to where the Lions probably should be all along, kind of in the middle, upper, above average, not one of the elite teams in the NFC. I mean, do you have confidence they, they're going to Dallas and winning? It's, it's funny because the inverse of that, though, you just look at the standings, they're still in play for the one seed. We're worrying about right. the division, and that's right. where we return. Lions take care of what they have to. They can still get home field advantage throughout. But to answer your question, right now, I don't feel confident going into that Dallas game. You just don't. There's no re- I mean, you guys saw what Dallas did on Thursday. Against a really oh good God. Seahawks team. And again, I, I, I made the comparison on Friday. I think Dallas is uh, a, really similar to the Lions in a lot of respects, just based on the fact that it's a high-scoring offense that can beat you in multiple ways. And then the defense is just relying on the turnover, honestly. Like, the Cowboys don't get that interception. It's a different game against Seattle. And if the Lions don't get their turnovers yesterday uh, that they needed, it's a different story, you know? Um, But they're very turnover-reliant, which if you force them, that's good. And if the turnover differential, which for both teams it has been very strong, then you get to sneak out and eke out wins. But... It's not a defense that stops. It's a defense that has to make the big play right. or it's going to be a 20 spot like you've mentioned exactly. every game against this Lions defense. And that's kind of the funny part about this defense is there are guys that you can semi-rely on to make plays once in a while. I mean, Brian Branch continues to come up clutch time and time again. And maybe clutch isn't the right word because it's not like these are happening in the fourth quarter, but he's making plays, big plays throughout the course of the game. I mean, you don't have Alex Anzalone right now. He's popped up in big situations too. Hutchinson has come up clutch in the fourth quarter sometimes, but you don't want to have to rely on some of these clutch plays. Sometimes you want to just be able to sit back and relax and breathe in the fourth quarter of games rather than worrying about whether or not you're about to blow a 21-0 lead. Because that's what I was doing all the fourth quarter. Ben, after that 21-0, did you sit back in your chair? I knew you were wearing your uh, ski mask, but were were you confident? Were you like, this is over? You still had that uh, nervousness. No, it felt over at the beginning. (laughs) Like a 21-0 in the blink of an eye, you're seven minutes into the game. The game should be over after that. <laughs> and and they found a way to let the Saints get back into it. And that's that's the scary part. That's the scary part. The Saints, an offense that has been struggling for weeks, weeks on end, this team has struggled to find an identity. They're without their top receivers. Uh, uh, Chris Olave ended up playing, but you're without mm-hmm. Rashid. What, what is it? Rashid Rahid? Yeah, Sahid or something like that. And then you're without Michael Thomas, too, and they still were able to just march up they and down the Graham, field. They had Jimmy Graham, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was How like, is what? Jimmy Graham still playing football? How Taste- is Jimmy Graham still here? Taysom Hill and Jimmy Graham. I'm like, what year is this? This is great. We got we have need a petition or something to get Taysom Hill a, like a real position. I'm so sick and tired of watching this. This isn't even just a Lions thing. Dude, he can and be whatever he wants, week. the money they're giving him. Oh, I forgot they gave him a giant contract. Sean Payton extended him. That's ridiculous. That is the oldest gimmick in the book at this point. It's just not fun anymore. It was so fun for the first year and a half, and now it's like they're booing Derek Carr coming into the game because they want Taysom Hill to just be their real quarterback, and they just refuse to give him the keys. It's odd. Give him the keys. Now you have to. Does Derek Carr start another game? He's getting booed in his own stadium know. walking out on the field. right? Yeah, but Jameis <laughs> is equally as, as bad. This has been a miserable quarterback can't situation the, for, for multiple multiple years now in New Orleans. I can't wait for the rematch in the postseason. The Saints are making the postseason, <laughs> Dude, look man. look at the NFC South, I man. know, I know, I know. It's at them or the Falcons. <laughs> 
Part of me wants the Lions to make a wild card and try to play one of these games or one of these teams. But I know that's, you can't intentionally lose games the rest of the way. Green Bay, man, they might be coming. So are the Vikings both at six and six. Lions only have a three game lead and they haven't played Minnesota. You're, you, you didn't get the tiebreaker, the, the, the second win over Green Bay. I don't know. You got to take care know. of the games that are out there, man. I mean, we've we've talked about this Lions schedule uh, for a good amount of time. It feels a lot tougher than we originally thought, which is, uh, I guess, how the NFL shakes out and teams get into their best in December. But you should, fe- and I know you don't, but listeners out there should feel confident they should beat the Broncos. They should honestly sweep the Vikings, too. Vikings quarterback out for the year. But do, it, do you even have confidence in them going to Chicago and winning? I've... Chicago came into Ford Field a couple weeks ago and had it won. I know. They had it won. All they had to do was pick up one more first down, and it was over. What's this team's record again? Chicago? Lions. They're (laughs) they're 9-3, and which I guess it's getting us into a little bit of trouble and how we're talking about them, but I'm just being honest with with everybody. Like, that's that's just the way this season has gone, unfortunately. Um, Do you still have confidence that they can go on a playoff run? Or... Is there anyone out there that still believes they're Super Bowl contenders? I guess I'll throw that out there. That's good. 989-837-6125. We'll keep it rolling. Hit the text line next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. So, The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Hey, John. Uh, I got a question for you. What's up, Brad? Who's got it better than us? Oh, boy. Nobody. <laughs> that was one of the funniest, like, five minutes. I think I enjoyed the the celebration of Michigan winning a Big Ten championship more than I enjoyed them actually playing that football game. Well, th- that it was, was a very boring football game. That was the only reason to watch and tune in. I, I mean, Iowa had the ball seven times. Couldn't get three <laughs> points for me. I don't want to win. I know I'm Mr. Michigan hater. You can't get a field goal. You fumble the one time you're close. I told you not to take that over. I told you not to do it. Oh, they're such a disgrace. I knew they were going to score either three or zero points. And that's exactly what happened. They couldn't move the ball. This is a scary Michigan defense. I'll tell you, I I know uh, I've been sort of maybe the old man traditionalist in the room with the realignment and the conference movement along college football. If these... Pacific Coast teams, the Pac-12 teams coming over to the Big Ten ensures that I never have to see Iowa in the Big Ten championship, (laughs) then I'm for it. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, and you know what's the worst thing, too? If Iowa was running like a Penn State offense, then okay, you know, and Michigan's played against it. Like, Iowa was given unique looks. Like, that first drive, I'm like, wow, they they know what the shotgun is? Like, like literally. (laughs) And... Well, it's, it did well, not matter. Well, Caden McNamara told them how to beat Michigan, it's, and it uh, probably had to do with some of that stuff. I mean, just come on. And the defense played well. I mean, 10 nothing at half. It's like, all right, they stuck with them, but you never had faith that they were going to get it closer because the offense just couldn't do it. You needed to, you know, talk about a turnover-reliant defense. They needed to force a fumble. Yeah. And Michigan just doesn't, you know, give the ball up. They really don't. And uh, oh my gosh, couldn't get it, couldn't get a point. And you win the Big Ten championship for the third consecutive year, yeah. the second shutout in Big Ten championship history, and you're rewarded with playing Alabama. And we'll get into whether or not Alabama should be in the playoffs a little bit later in the show. But here's where we're at with this whole Michigan season. Here we go. Michigan fans have been being told uh, a 
plenty of ridiculous things all season long, really. And it started all the way back in week one. You guys don't play anyone. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Sure, strength of schedule wasn't there. But you know what Michigan did? They blocked out the noise. Who cares what they're saying about us? Just win. Then everyone decided to keep saying, well, you're not winning in dominating fashion. Oh, really? Is that the case? 477 points scored. 123 points against. 354 point differential. Number one in the nation. Two shutouts. Nine games where the team failed to score more than 10 points. If that's not winning in dominating fashion, I don't know what is. Well, you only won because you cheated. Fight a dollar every time I heard that. Uh, Turns out that wasn't really true either. Number 10, Penn State, fails to score 10 points until there was two minutes left in the game and the game was already over. Kyle McCord hated playing Michigan so much he had to transfer. 18 for 30, two interceptions. East coach doesn't believe in him anymore. Well, whether, okay, option A, Kyle McCord transferred because he never wants to see Michigan ever again and is scared of that competition. He's going to Rutgers. Option B, Michigan scared Ohio State so much that they are literally kicking kids out of the building and forced Kyle McCord to transfer. What's worse? No, no, no. You tell me what's worse. Forcing a kid to transfer, basically kicking him out of the room, or Michigan being inside of uh, Kyle McCord's head. Can't live up to the pressure. Chose to leave. Either I, way, I think program the, I, in shambles. I, yeah, I think Ohio State just lack of trust with that kid. It's tough. Kick the kid out of the building. What, kind, play, of, what he, kind of program would do that? Listen, Disgusting. He, he didn't play great, Disgusting. but I don't know who on their roster would have been better. Second, and the next thing you heard was you couldn't beat Ohio State. And you know what? They beat Ohio State. Now, we sit here. You know your matchup. It's against Alabama. Now I'm starting to hear this narrative. Well, you wouldn't have even made the playoffs if you played in a different conference. Where are we getting that from? If you play in the ACC, you're going undefeated. If you play in the Big 12, you're but probably going undefeated. But not getting under- in if McCarthy gets hurt. <laughs> um, you play in every, any other conference besides the SEC, I have full confidence they're going undefeated and making the playoffs. And when it comes to the SEC, whether or not you'd go undefeated, it's a different question, but we're going to find out once and for all against Nick Saban, against Alabama. And now everyone is going to, I promise you, this narrative will start before the game. If you don't beat Alabama, the season didn't matter. What good was this season if you don't beat the Roll Tide? And to be honest, that narrative is pretty true. That narrative remains true. How is this season different than the seasons in the past, the past two years? How is this season going to be any different if you don't beat Alabama? If you lose to Nick Saban in the first round, nothing about this year is special anymore. Congratulations, you won the Big Ten, but you did that the last two years. Why is this year special? It's not. This is the year you have to keep going. This is the year you have to win a playoff game in the national championship. Your standards are not the same as everyone else's standards. For anyone else in the Big Ten, besides Ohio State, this is a successful season. It's Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. Only teams in the Big Ten to make the college football playoffs. So for anyone else, this is a successful year. But not to Michigan. This is the third consecutive year you've been in the playoffs. you got to do something this year. Because next year, who knows what's happening? You don't know where your coach is going to be. 
you don't know how this whole 12-team playoff format's going to work. It's going to get harder. In the era of college football playoffs, these four teams playoffs, Ohio State got it done. No one else from the Big Ten has. So as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the CFP era, the 14 playoff era, Ohio State was the best team in the Big Ten. Not in the past three years they weren't, but when you talk about that 10-year stretch as a whole, Ohio State got it done. Michigan is not. This might be your last chance to do it, especially with the future of your head coach potentially in jeopardy, John. You got to be able to do something this year in the playoffs. And I don't want to come across as someone who's trying to devalue Alabama uh, because, listen, it's Saban. It's Bama. They've they've been a national powerhouse since he's gotten there. Undefeated versus number one teams in the country. Yeah. But it's a Bama team that barely beat Auburn. It's a Bama team that already had a loss against a team in this playoff. This is the year for Michigan. It re- it really is. How much are we going to hold that Auburn game against them? I, I don't know. It's a rivalry I don't know. game. This is the thing with Bama that's, to me, so intriguing. I honestly thought the combination of Georgia slash Clemson sort of killed that dynasty because that dynasty started in 09 when they beat Florida in the SEC championship game and then beat Colt McCoy in Texas and then what, had like three titles in the next six years or something like that. And then Clemson came to town and it was a little different. And then Georgia, I thought, honestly slayed them, you know, but they got right back off the mat. And this is a team in Alabama that's probably had its weakest receiving core. And granted, it is, I would say, receiver you. I know, you know, Probably people in Columbus, Ohio think differently and and whatever. But this isn't a receiving core from Alabama that scares me like past years, but they just find ways to win. They find ways to beat Georgia like they did. And I I just don't know what to make of it. But And I don't want to discredit them and then just, you know, because obviously that's what people think I'm going to do. And, oh, you know, Michigan beat a weak Bama team. They're not. You know, the Vegas odds are the way they are for a reason. A one-versus-four game that's right now minus two-and-a-half for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess where the money is? I get it. 89% get it. of the public money's <laughs> already on Alabama. I get it. I get, Well, it's it, it's something I – like, it, it's so funny because I, I don't want to make this bigger than it is, but I feel like they have a – Michigan has a legit chance to sort of – not I wouldn't say kill the dynasty of Alabama, but it's been a while for them. Put it's, a nail it's in been the a coffin while for them. It. Yeah. I'm like – it, it, it just and and honestly too the betting money and I'm, I'm not trying to call the public stupid I am the public um but uh, especially on Thursday night but like you, you uh, talking about that Dallas game? <laughs> talking about that Dallas game I when when you told me you're like all the all the public uh, money says this so you should fade it and I didn't and I was wrong <laughs> but yeah no the the point is just that like I'm gonna bet Bama though. Like that's that's just still the feeling. Like it's still Bama. Go and ahead. I don't I know you're Go gonna ahead. I know you're going to uh disagree with this. What would have been your desired reaction for Michigan when they found out? Because I thought they got unrightfully no. Un- no, slammed. No, not, we are doing oh, this right oh, now. Wait, 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 wait. Say your take again. The reaction video. I I, I thought they got wrongfully slammed. I don't know how you want them Thank to react. You. No, no. Thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was the point I was trying to get to. I'm sorry I cut you off then. No, because okay, I man. don't. How is Michigan supposed to react? You want us to? You want everyone in that room to stand up, do a backflip, and yeah, they didn't. They didn't all just collectively Woo, crap their we pants. Get to play like, that, like it was just like, oh, all right. Also, half cool. the people in that room didn't even look like they were on the team. No, well, a yeah. lot of older people, a lot of like, a lot of family. brothers, a lot yeah. Of family. Like, what, what, what do you want them to do? Stand up and start doing backflips that they're playing Nick Saban <laughs> in Alabama? What do, you, what do you think their reaction would have been if they played Florida State? You think they would have just started going ballistic? 
popping champagne bottles. No, that, we, they were surprised <laughs> by what they they were surprised by what they saw. I don't make anything of that dumb video. So it's a dumb video. That's all it I was. Agree. Um, but, the, but that was the whole, like, that's, I, I don't want to say that's the first, uh, you know, notch on the story of what's going to be a great story, by the way, just building up to this game. But, like, that's that's how I think how the public feels, that, like, you know, Bama's back in a way, which I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's going to be a fun game to preview, by the way. And, and one last note, and we're going to obviously talk more playoff, but the fact that it's at the Rose Bowl sort of gets me really hype. Mm-hmm. If it was, I, I listen, I, that game just still has something special for me on New Year's. Like, I, I get it. It's the college football semifinal game, and it's not the Pac-12 versus the Big Ten like it has been for years. And even in the final year of what will be the Pac-12, that would have been, I guess, nice to see. But Bama, Michigan, Rose Bowl. Like, that's, that, that's, that's something. I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you this. Uh... And I broke the oh, microphone. Again, I, didn't even, I didn't even touch it. Oh, How does this microphone my. keep breaking? Uh, Second show God. in a row. The last, luckily, we're up against it, so you can fix it. The, my goodness. The last thing I wanted to say was giving Nick Saban a month to prepare is, is terrifying. There's hey. a reason he's never lost a semi, uh, uh, college football semi-playoff. Uh, semi, holy cow. Semi, the microphone breaks, and all of a sudden, I lose all functionality in my brain. The CFP semifinal is a game that Nick Saban has not lost. There's a reason for that. Yeah. It's because he gets a month to prepare. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Jim Harbaugh is made of uh, when you stack him against some of the best coaches in college football because he's 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 mostly avoided those type of games. I get he had the Kirby Smart year, but I'm not sure if Jim Harbaugh... Jim Harbaugh could have had the best coaching day of his career. They were outmatched talent-wise in that game against Georgia. And then you avoided playing a, a blue blood program when you played t- TCU. We haven't really seen one of these premier matchups that I mean, you had the Alabama versus Michigan bowl game. I get it. But no one cares about these bowl games. That's why I'm okay with saying, yeah, Jim Harbaugh sucks in postseason bowl games that aren't the playoffs. Well, I guess he's 0-2 in the playoffs. But like he, everyone likes to use that as a, as a bad thing against Jim Harbaugh. Why? No one cares about those games. If you don't make, If you don't make the playoffs as Michigan, it's disappointing. And who cares about the rest of the season? Not me. Uh... Whether or not Florida State, whether or not Alabama should be in the playoffs is a separate conversation that I want to dive into. I, for one, think the committee, I applaud the committee for what they did. Uh, Do you agree? I want to hear from everyone what the consensus is, because this really does feel like a split down the middle type of argument. So 989-837-6125, I'll throw the number out there and try to fix my microphone uh, before we come back, because I want to hear from everyone whether or not Alabama or Florida State should have been in the playoffs. So one more time, 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right. Alabama has earned their way into the playoffs, which has been – the most controversial sports topic of the last 24 hours, whether or not this team is worthy of being in the playoffs, whether or not they've earned it compared to Florida state. Listen, if the criteria of the college football playoff committee is to put the four best teams in the playoffs, they successfully did that. Alabama would mollywop Florida state. If they played right now, want to know how I know they put the four best teams in because every Michigan fan was cheering for Florida State to be that number four team. Every single one of them, including myself. That would have been a what? 10, 13 point spread somewhere in there. 
And now with Alabama, Michigan's only favored by less than two, and everyone's betting on uh, on the roll tide. So you tell me why Florida State should be in, John. I get it. They are conference champions, 13-0, didn't lose a single game. Were they better than Bama or were they not? Which team did you have more confidence in to win two straight playoff games? Which team was capable of beating two of the top three other teams in the nation? It's not Florida State. So that's why I just want entertaining football games. Sorry. Even in a year where you could say that the SEC had a bit of a down year, right? Like Georgia and Bama were obviously two best teams in the conference. Similar actually to the Big Ten where it was, yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, and then a tier below is probably the rest of the conference. The ACC just doesn't have anybody. And for Florida State, and they they tried LSU, Florida, non-conference schedule. LSU, not a top 100 defense. I know. It's a team that doesn't have its quarterback. You can't, and and believe me, it it feels wrong because, hey, it's an undefeated conference champion. But I remind people, it's a power five, right? That's the terminology, and it will exist only this year, and then it's, you know, to the wild, wild west we go next college football season. But it's the power five. You have four spots. Yeah. You're not denying the SEC right. John, with well, Bama and Georgia well, in it. You're not. You're not denying Washington after what they did. They have a they have an NFL quarterback, and they got to beat a team that no one gave them a chance against twice, and they had a better schedule overall. The Pac-12 was a better schedule than what Florida State had. John, what's the point of the committee if an, uh, there's just automatic bids for teams that don't yeah. lose? What's the point of the committee then? Yeah. Well, why, it's, could, why it's, shouldn't it just be one guy saying, oh, well, if they got their 13-0, they should be in? Yeah, and, and that's what's going to be more like next year where the conference championships sort of feel are going to feel like automatic bids and then those at-large teams are uh, going to be again. This is the best part of this, Ben, by the way, and we were talking about this pre-show. Like, obviously, it's not going to be as, I guess, cutthroat because, yeah, 12 teams. But there's going to be conversation around, like, those at-large bids. Like who's better, Ohio State or Georgia, right now? Right, right. Like the, if it's not to Florida get the State, first round by. like it, it, it's always going to exist. But you want to win your conference, and listen, Florida State. It, why it feels bad is because Florida State did everything that they were supposed to do. You can't play an imaginary game. You can't find a new opponent. You can't ask Army or Navy to you know combine units this weekend and play you and play a fourteenth game or something like that. Right? They did what they were supposed to do. But the difference is they don't have their starting quarterback. And and I'll tell you too, like I thought Travis Jordan Travis, he he put out a tweet and a statement and it was basically like this team's more than a quarterback, you know, which I thought was really professional of him, but not in the committee's eyes and not in everyone else's eyes. No, because and the you thing had is, a chance too. Sorry to right. cut you off. No, no, you, no, you're good. Destroy Louisville if you're that good. Ex- that's exactly they, what I was going to say. You and, looked awful against Florida and Louisville. Yeah, and, and honestly, my my reaction live in the moment, by the way, too, I think this went over everyone's head. How you thought Florida State was going to get in over an SEC school when the advertisement before they came back from break on ESPN was a promotion for the SEC on ABC <laughs> next year? I'm like, I'm like, I don't even need to watch it anymore. That happens. I'm like, no way they just did that. There's no way that they put their SEC on ABC advertisement right before the rankings reveal. Like, come on. And here's what and, I, and that's but they're right. They did it the right way. That's what the committee was supposed to do, and and they did their job. This is what the committee was was built for. This is why the committee exists to make decisions like this, to make hard decisions. It would have been easy to just put Florida State in. It would have been. Anybody could have saw that. Anybody could have looked at a sheet of paper and said, okay, they were undefeated. They should have been in. 
that's not what the committee was built for. Mm -hmm. The committee was built to put the four best teams in based on conference championships won, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition. And you know what the fourth pillar is? I'm reading them right off the the CFP website. Want to know what the fourth pillar is? Other relevant factors such as unavailability of key players and coaches that may have affected a team's performance during the seasons or will likely affect its postseason performance. I rest my case. There you go. Why is anyone upset about it if it's literally been in the rules for the past 10 years? I get it. It took 10 years for a situation like this to happen. It's the first time it happened. But guys, if if the college football committee, a 14 playoff format, existed for 100 years, this would happen again. Florida State, it just happened to be the first time. This is It only lasted 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's not that big of a sample size. It's really not. And the fifth pillar you forgot about, too, is television ratings. You know, Bama, <laughs> Bama and uh, Michigan is going to get a higher rating, so you forgot that one. But oh, no. you also forgot about the secret six pillar, oh, gambling. Oh. Ah, that's a good pillar. Gambling. Good pillar. I don't know how this building's looking with six pillars, but I, I think I think six is a good number. Six is a good number. Some would say eight's the perfect number, and some would say 12 is too much, oh, but that's a different story. Doing. I see uh, what you're doing. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, too, and I'll, I'll give credit to uh, Brad Tunney, of course, our general manager here. No. We were talking pre-show. I give him credit. Don't this isn't an original credit. thought. But FSU was part of, and, and their athletic director, part of saying, no, 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 let's not have the 12 team this year. We want one final year of the four. Like, they obviously, Florida State complained, and and uh, Norval was... Uh, Everyone complained. He, he, lo- he looked mad. That live reaction was one of the best parts of that show, too, because he was pissed. I don't think anything uh, will top Nick Saban calling in. <laughs> Last year, though, when when Alabama was left out, and you really thought they were going to leave out Alabama twice? No, you, you, twice you just they had, were going to leave them out. No, the, you on. have to have the SEC, no. or it's not a playoff. It just isn't. And, and and I'll tell you what, Michigan fans, I know Florida State would have been the better draw. You have a better chance of winning that game. It's exactly what you said last year against TCU. First of all, mm-hmm. second of all, whether or not you care about this, I guess, is a different conversation, but. People would have been saying, well, what does it really matter? What does it really count if you'd never had to face an SEC school? Exactly. Now, now maybe maybe you don't care about that. You probably shouldn't. But if you beat Bama, what's the excuse now? I, I went through all the things that you've heard as a Michigan fan. You only won because you cheated. You're only undefeated because you haven't played anybody. It, it just would have been one more thing you have to hear. And every single narrative that's been spun about Michigan, they've just gone out and won. So why is this one different? Go beat Alabama. Shut down every narrative that existed about you the entire season. Just win. That's it. Just win. And everything goes to rest. Ideally, if you're a Michigan fan and and you want to shut up the haters, a.k.a. me, you beat Bama, and then you want Texas, and you beat them. Because Texas was the one team that beat Bama. I don't even think it matters. I I think it does. I think that's the perfect scenario. I I think right there you have an undisputed champion, except for the fact that, yeah, people are going to bring up the sign-stealing scandal. But they're not sign-stealing anymore. I get that, but they're still still part of the season. And there's still going to be suspension next year. Exactly. But you you prove it that you can do it without the sign-stealing this year, and nothing else in the past matters. However, mm. you lose this game to Alabama, and this year is no different than the past two seasons. Yeah, it's the exact same. You're, and that also, you know what? That also confirms if Michigan just gets destroyed by Alabama, they made the right decision. The SEC yeah. is, it, they're the backbone. If if Alabama comes and destroys Michigan, Florida State people should shut up. Michigan people should shut up. 
the SEC is actually king. <laughs> no, like it, it, it sucks. It sucks to admit, but that's it's all but true. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, Jeremy chiming in. Yes. Jeremy from Beaverton, baby. Uh, I'm sure it's great. Just so you boys know. Here we go. That did not. That win did not mean half as much as the Ohio State win. You guys can hate me if you want. Is he talking about the Iowa win? Yeah. Yeah, he's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have to win the Big Ten Championship, obviously. But, yeah, that's fair. But, but I want to ask Jeremy, and I know his answer because he's already sort of given it to us. Does he care more about this playoff game, Rose Bowl, Alabama, New Year's Day, than he does the game? And I think his answer is I think is I know no. his answer. <laughs> but maybe he's come around. I like him. Big uh, Jeremy guy. And, Jeremy, we don't hate you. We love you. Yeah. Like in people that chime in, give us feedback. Oh, he says no. <laughs> the instant response. No, it would not mean as much. He'd rather there just beat go. Ohio State. There you go. Which I love. You don't get He's to a win. He's a purist. The- He's a traditionalist I, like me. Sure. You know what? At, at least only one game matters, baby. The one against Ohio State. Not the one that you have to <laughs> well, win. What's a, a championship? championship? What's a against? ring? Right. That, maybe, Fugazi. maybe maybe the Big Ten should just start their own their own league where they never even have to deal with the SEC. They'll go. just crown themselves national champions. Whoever wins the Michigan F- and Ohio State game every year. Final thing, by the way, sort of aligned with that. How about the, I think it was a good little uh, non-standoff, but TD and Harbaugh giving it to... Joel the way Clark, they, yeah, you they, have to tell us what happened. <laughs> the way they handled that was good and giving it to the injured player and everything. I thought that was very, very good. Joel Clark, I thought they did that very well. That was very amicable. Joel Klatt has one job this week. It's to tell us exactly how that went down. Mm-hmm. He was right there. He's the only one that heard it. All right, everyone. We got a Northwood Coaches, uh, Northwood Coaches show to get to, right, John? We do. Basketball Coaches show. All right. Guys, it's going to be a fun week on the payoff. A lot to talk about for the next month leading up to this Michigan and Alabama game. Lions are in the midst of a playoff hunt. Let's have a fun week here on the payoff. Fueled by Forward Energy. Thanks for listening, guys.